are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a battalion of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss span all kinds of professions. That being said, let's light the spark. The different types of materials and hazards out there have changed the way we fight fire. With all the new and different types of materials we're finding in homes and even in commercial buildings, and how quickly they burn, it's important to select the appropriate weapon to fight it. Materials burn a lot quicker and a lot hotter, which means our window for effective attack, along with our margin for error, is getting smaller. My guest today, Adam Wilson, talks about his experience in doing research on how nozzle selection, hose management, and hose line technique are crucial elements to consider when fighting fires. And we also talk about the resources that he's used to learn more about this specific topic. Well, Adam, thanks for joining me today. Um, I know you're out at Maricopa Fire, and I know you've done some work through uh, Arizona State Fire School and taken some classes for nozzle management and hose line management. But before we get to that, why don't you tell me just a little bit about yourself? Okay, so uh, like you said, my name is Adam Wilson. Uh, I've been with the City of Maricopa Fire Medical for going on two years. November will be my anniversary date. Uh, prior to that, I have I got into the fire service in 2006. Uh, it was kind of a journeyman before I found my home where I'm currently at. Uh, went to paramedic school in 2012, and currently I am riding backseat on V-Ship, uh, ladder 571. <clears throat> cool, right on. So um, you came from Yuma, is that right? Like a smaller that's, department? That, that, that's correct. Uh, Six-station department, busy department, transport um, department. So, uh, yeah, I had been born and raised in Yuma, Arizona, kind of worked for Yuma Fire along with a couple other agencies and uh, decided that I wanted to uh, step outside my comfort zone and really kind of see how I could become better by uh, stepping into the jungle that we call the the Phoenix Valley area. Right, yeah. So I'm on the far uh, east side of the valley area and you're kind of on the far opposite, what is it, southwest side. So everything in between is kind of a jungle, you're right. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit more about, um, the classes that you took and what kind of sparked your interest in regards to doing like the nozzle recon and hose management stuff you do. So it all kind of started for me back in 2015. 
um, some stuff that had happened with a previous organization, some of the stuff that uh, kind of bled over into my personal life. So it was, my wife kind of came to me and, uh, you know, like the fire service does, it kind of affects not just your work family, but your home family. Right. Yeah. And so I had decided to make a change and that change led me to my current organization. What sparked my interest? So I have a couple mentors and they've been valuable in my my upbringing in the fire service. And one that always sticks with me, my my mentor, his name is Robert Riamis. He works out at uh, Tolleson Fire Department. Mm-hmm. And he always said uh, to always live my interview. And so between my family, looking at my kids growing up and being the type of role model I wanted to display to them, being a professional, which this, uh, which our profession says that we are right. And between living, you know, going back to living my interview, uh, I wanted to be a better firefighter. So what had sparked a lot of my, uh, a lot of my interest was I finally had went, uh, finally was not comfortable knowing what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I look back at that, I was at a place where I was complacent with kind of just going through the motions so I, that when that epiphany happened, I wanted to take more hose management classes and non and nozzle management classes because I felt there was a lacking in my education base that I wanted to be better. So Chris Slayer, a captain out of uh, Mesa Fire Medical, mm-hmm. his cadre, his cadre every September for the guys in. Arizona put together what is called tactical hose management class. So I went to that class and that I would say changed the trajectory of my, my drive, my passion and my, uh, just in the fire service in general. That's cool. It really like wanted, made you, uh, more honed in and, and interested on that one particular, one particular thing, huh? Absolutely. So, I took that class and it was a two and a half day class of just, Hey, this is the science behind not just the, the tools of the nozzle, the hose, but it also went and delved deeper into how the arena for firefighters has changed the environment Mm -hmm. and how the environment has affected the, the fire behavior that comes along with that. Right. So about two days into that class, one of uh, Captain Slayer's cadre personnel recommended and kind of pushed me mm-hmm. and kind of kept kind of not badgering me, but pushing me in a good way to take. If I liked his Chris Slayer's class, then I should take Aaron Fields' uh, nozzle forward program. Mm-hmm. So I kind of bit him in a hod and it was probably give or take a week or two weeks after that, um, I made the decision and I signed up for Aaron Fields' class, which was three days, which comes out to like, I want to say 24 hours of just solid hands-on hose movement, Mm -hmm. nozzle work, science behind it. Um, And that those two classes, I think like had changed my perspective of where I wanted to go. So not just that, but I 
been in the fire service since 2005, 2006, and we kind of go through ebbs and flows and um, knowing that uh, there are younger firefighters coming behind me, I wanted to be the proper professional that could be a mentor to make them better than I was at their time or better than where I'm at now. Right. More than succession planning, but, but like true mentorship, like passing the torch. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, cause I'm not like anybody else's, you know, once we leave, there's a vacuum of knowledge that leaves with us. Right. And if, and if I can do my part in the fire service by leaving it better than I found it by giving just, just a smidge of wisdom to the younger firefighter or even to the older firefighter that just hasn't, just doesn't know. I think I've done my, my department, my fellow firefighters, um, and the ones coming up a service. Right. Yeah. And not only that, but like the community that you're serving. So it totally sounds like you're living your interview, man. That's awesome. Um, how does, how does everything, Oh, you mentioned, uh, the nozzle forward class. So where, where's that held and who's that through? So, so Aaron Fields, he's based out of Seattle fire department. Uh, He's a backseat firefighter. He prior to the fire service, he has a background. I want to say in some sort of professional sports. And I think I can't remember if it's a rugby Mm. or some sort of professional sports. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he developed the nozzle for he built the nozzle forward program, which is information that it's not new. It's just, he's combining it, um, work from Andy Fredericks, Brian brush. He's taken all of that knowledge and he is, uh, trying to base it off of his fact, base it off of facts that are proven the test of time. Mm-hmm and educating firefighters all across the country. Um, so last year in November, uh, Chris Slayer was able to bring him down to Chandler fire training facility. Oh, okay. And so it was nice because it was right in our backyard. But, uh, Aaron Fields says that if you're willing to give him your time and your effort, that after you go to the initial nozzle forward class and pay the first time, you can go to any one of his other classes that he's teaching around the nation. Mm-hmm. You, he, you don't pay the fee to the class. You just have to pay your way to get there and you can continue to take sets and reps. Just show up, huh? That's cool. Just, yes. That's cool. So, but I think between those two classes help build a good foundation for me. Mm-hmm. And kind of uh, added into my playbook, my basic firefighter one or two playbook, and help me make me a better firefighter because I believe I know that you know our firefighter one and two academies have so much that we have to teach to the students that I think that we don't get enough uh, sets and reps. Right, like on the specialty stuff, it's kind of all Absolutely. this stuff is packed into this amount of time. And you got to cover all these things. And then we come out of it with like a general sense. And I think sometimes you'll see the guys break off into their special interests like TRT or hazmat or even paramedic. Um, but this honestly is something that every one of us as firemen, every one of us as firefighters should be honing. Don't you think? 
Absolutely. So uh, I've since taken those two programs, you know, how in the fire service, um, there are mentor shifts with where we want to go, what our end goal is, I guess. So every t- taking kind of what Chris Slayer had taught in those classes along with Jason Steffen and the rest of his cadre, uh, I've, he puts on his crew, um, he kind of tasks his crew with, hey, we're on an engine. I expect my rec- my request as the captain is to do a minimum of an hour of fire training, which in a, in a cycle is what he calls it. Right. And that's, I think that is a very reasonable expectation to set forth for any crew. So I kind of took that to heart and I try to, I try now, whether that's calls, whether that's obviously like scheduled training or scheduled classes, I try to work around that. to just get an hour, whether it's, you know, like I'm, I'm an engine guy. I love engine work. Mm -hmm. And like right now I'm assigned to the ladder so right now I'm trying to learn that discipline of ladder company functions and get that dialed in. Mm-hmm. So that's where some of my some of my time has gone. But I yeah I think it's very manageable. I mean I think of every fire truck with with a small percentage we all have things in common. We all have hose and we all have nozzles and we have water. Right. Yeah. It's the basics of the job. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And. I think that the only way we can get there's no such thing as luck. I think that the shortcut in anything like Aaron Fields, Brian Brush, Chris Slayer, and a lot of the guys out there preach it is the shortcut is work. Yeah, I agree 100% with you. I, I don't believe in luck. I believe that we we create our own situations, <clears throat> and the result is the the work of that. And I totally agree with you. Um, I, th- I think the other thing that kind of drives me in this and has shifted, you know, my focus to keeping up with my training and skills mm-hmm. is I don't ever want to go to at my first fire and say, this is the first time I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. I, because I think when you look at like, we call ourselves professional firefighters. Right. And if we, and if we say we are, just like professional athletes, I mean, how many hours are those professional athletes dedicating to their craft? Right. So I kind of take that approach. That's a good point, my, man. That's a good my point. Profession, my view on is it, if we're professional, I mean, think of Michael Jordan. I mean, he, he was on a 30 for 30. <clears throat> he was saying that there was times that I think he lost <clears throat> an hour shooting free throws. Right. So yeah. that when he went to the line, it was just natural. Yeah. And the more research that I read about, um, on the physical side, I'm a peer fitness trainer for my organization. And so I'm reading these studies all the time about how the, the demands of our job are likened unto professional athletes. So you're, you're kind of right on the money there. And so to, to take a lackadaisical, uh, stance or view or whatever on your, your profession, is totally lazy and, in my opinion, unprofessional. Um, so I would totally agree with you on that. And, and yeah, you think about the different, all, all the hours they spend, you know, off-season training and then all the camps that they go to. Like the the nozzle forward classes that you're talking about are like the camps that we could go to, you know. Absolutely. I think it's that 
that motivational drive to invest in your own career and it's that's the true way you know who wants to be there is the people that are willing to invest not just their time but their money right um, and build those build those relationships with some of the guys that know more than we do right and you're and people are coming from all over the country too to these classes if not regionally so you get a sense for what people are doing in other organizations and it's just a fantastic opportunity to kind of network and see what's out there, see what's going on out there. Absolutely, 100%. So in these in these couple of classes that you've taken, um, have you identified any benefits of smoothbore versus fog nozzles, or how's that, how's that shifted your opinion on those? So what has shifted my opinion, I was a pro fog nozzle firefighter in the earlier days of my career. Uh-huh. And the more I've become educated that it's not just the the look of the nozzle that obviously makes it work the way it does, but I've become more disciplined because I want to be the best engine firefighter that I can be for my crew, right. my organization, them, meaning the citizens, and also to my family so I can come home at the end of my, my tour. So the only I'm able to be that aspect is to be disciplined if, with my weapon selections. Mm-hmm. In this case, it's different types of nozzles, nozzle applications, along with hose size and nozzle applications. So maybe I've gone a little bit too deep because into that respect because I was a pro automatic fog nozzle guy because it was cool. You could do the wide angle fog pattern. Mm -hmm. But the more those classes I took and the more I've read through UL's water mapping study through obviously taking the UL, um, I think it's an eight hour series of uh, modern fire studies of modern fire behaviors that encompasses flow paths, all of that. I've leaned more now to... I'm a seven eighths smooth pour type of firefighter. Mm-hmm. And the reason, the reasoning for that is with a, there's obviously there's at 50 PSI on a seven eights, you flow 150 GPMs. Mm-hmm. So your first two initial attack lines, if we say we're going to be in accordance with NFPA 1710, like a lot of the other stuff that we follow with NFPA, mm-hmm. our, our two initial attack lines for interior firefighter need to be a minimum of 300 GPMs. Right. That that has shifted because obviously our fire environment has changed and it's mm-hmm. become more dangerous and fire grows more quickly now than it did, say, in the 70s and even the 80s. Right. Yeah, those videos you see that UL put out that show um, the the setup from years ago versus today and the materials that are used and how long it took fire to grow back then versus now. It's just like, it's a world of difference. Yeah. And the other side of that is so <clears throat> I've looked at some and read and it's not in full, full detail, unfortunately, because there's sometimes 200 plus pages to yeah. NIOSH reports. But when you see that a common denominator has been the nozzle's been partially shut down on an automatic fog nozzle because whether that is the nozzle reaction to get the desired flow because of the increase in the PSI. Right. The other scary side of that is 
with an automatic fog nozzle, we truly don't know what we're flowing consistently. Mm -hmm. There's that variable where if you're on an automatic fog nozzle, you'll have the beautifulest stream that's out there, but you can be flown at 65 GPMs mm -hmm. and a minute later it's 110. Right. As opposed to a, whether it's a fixed gallonage nozzle or a smooth bore, you know what you're flowing and you also have that decreased nozzle reaction so that the nozzle firefighter is able to advance hose on his own. Right, so he doesn't because get his butt kicked. Yeah, so, and then let's face it, I mean, staffing is nowhere near today what it was in the 70s and 80s, and that's just because our our job titles have, there's been stuff added to our job title, right. unfortunately. Yeah, like when 85, 90% of what we do is medical, you know, it there there are still those companies like in Chicago and New York and the, those companies that do fire, and, and they're running fire all the time. But that's just not necessarily the case down here. Um, you know, we do more EMS than anything. And then fires are kind of, what, 12, 15% of what we do? And that's if that's on a good day. Yeah. I mean, some work, some organizations, I mean, it's like 95% of what they do is EMS. Yeah. So my thought process is, um, I like Gordon Graham says, high frequency, low risk. Yeah. And low frequency, high risk kind of thing. Yeah. I want to be dialed in because the public, the citizens expect us to be at two o'clock in the morning when their house is on fire to be all stars, yep. to be able to do what we can do, function and do it right. And so I kind of take that, that approach very seriously. Yeah. So, yeah, same here. Well, that's great. Um, so how, how does the science of what you've learned in these classes coalesce with the art of firemanship and in that I mean where does the science of the tools and the, and the weapons weapon selection like you said and the art and the ability meet like where does that meet I think they, they both meet in the middle you to achieve our desired results you need to have both blends mm -hmm. so I think that it goes back to times have changed where in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and probably even in early 2000s, that senior firefighter who has passed his stories on has either A, retired, or B, um, we aren't just getting enough fires. So right. the way we offset that, I think, is when we step out of our four walls of our organizations, and like you said earlier, is we network other, with others and we gain knowledge. Um, I think that we, since we're not going to fires, we're not always being able to apply those skills directly. So we don't always have a game day mm -hmm. like they used to. So I think the best way that we, we can actually make it better or kind of fill that gap as much as we can is by increasing our knowledge base and increasing our education. Right. And then applying what we have learned and read about and apply it to the, to the training ground. Right. And I think that is so crucial applying it because I think we all know people who've gone to college and have like stacks of degrees, but sometimes they just don't know how to apply that. And so it's like, well, what good are all these classes that you're taking if you're not applying what you've learned or sharing what you've learned? Absolutely. I think that the hundred percent, I agree with that right then and there. 
think we need to be we need to kind of get more to our professional side of the aspect is, well, hey, we're not going to fires. Mm-hmm. Then let's go out on the training ground. Whether it's, hey, we're going to pull hose for 30 minutes. Hey, we're going to do our research on our nozzles because we need to know how that nozzle works. Hey, maybe we need to break it down because there's a blockage. Hey, we need to know, we need to feel that nozzle reaction so that when it is our game day, because it never typically happens when we want it to, that we're spot on, mm-hmm. that we can accomplish the, mich- the mission, which is life safety for the victims and property conservation by putting the fire out. Right. Yep. Exactly. Right on. Um, with with all of the, the information that you've learned and the new things that maybe have influenced your perspective on things, do you feel like you? maybe when you bring that stuff back, do you feel a little pushback or is it pretty well received for the most part? Well, I'm very fortunate where my organization is at. It is still a very young, uh, fluid organization with some older mentorship. Mm-hmm. So it's been nice that we can have that kitchen table conversation about what knowledge has come back, how it has worked and I'm very fortunate that our organization has personnel within the ranks that are list that are willing to meet you in the middle and listen to what the other side has to say. Right. And then understand of how some of that information affects business today and how we can change our direction of what we may have been doing to betterly to better effectively perform it in the future. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, and it's just like anywhere else you'll have, is there is that 10% rule right. where some of those people you can't reach, and that's the unfortunate side. The best thing I think that we can do is fire service leaders or students of the craft, per se, is to continue to help educate the people around us and ele- train them up and elevate them to a level of a professional that you or I expect when we dial 911. Right. Someone we would want responding to our emergency. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my litmus test. Like, am I the, am I the firefighter that I would want showing up to my house? Am I the paramedic that I would want working on my family? If not, yeah. if, if I'm not, if I've got something to shore up, then I got, I better get to work. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think John Sparrow on their podcast, him and Tom Johnson say it best. They're yeah. like one line kind of sticks with me is, would you want you rescuing you yep. is probably the easiest way that I could put it into words and apply it to my own life. Yep. Like you said, with self-reflection. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Those guys do great work. Um, well, cool, man. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, it sounds to me like you're challenging the status quo just in focusing in on this, this idea of science and, and method behind nozzle movement, different types, all of that stuff. So it's good that you're, you're becoming a specialist in that thing, you know? And and all I can do is try. I wouldn't say it's weird because I wouldn't say I'm challenging the status quo. Aaron Fields kind of puts it best is, uh, nothing that's being taught is new. Right. As far as nozzles, as far as hose movement, he's finding and building a system to make us more effective 
to keep us safe for firefighters, to keep us more aggressive to accomplish the mission. As a, and stat, the un, the unfortunate thing is, and I can't, and I'm going to chop up this quote, <laughs> so forgive me, but it's we're in a time where there's information <clears throat> overload, but there's a lack of education. Right. Yeah. Where we can go into Google or we can go into Facebook, we can go into anything, and we can look up anything we want to, and we can say that we feel like we can become a master of that without really truly educating the entire the entire principle that we're trying to, to find out. Right. We can learn all the stats and everything behind it, but if we don't understand the concept or the, or the true principle behind it, then it's kind of pointless. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I meant like challenging the status quo in that you're out there doing these things. And there's, there's some of us that would, you know, we see some of the people who kind of get complacent and, and that's kind of one of our things too, is like complacency kills. It literally kills us. So, um, I appreciate what you're doing, man, going out and and learning these new things and bringing them back. I appreciate you just even letting me come on and just kind of talk about it just because it kind of, I, I was one of those guys that if I would have never changed the trajectory of my, my career, I probably would have been what we hear every once in a while. They call a recliner sniper. Right. (laughs) Um, it's then that's a bad term, I think, just in general. But I think that being able to, to kind of come on and talk to you or even just talk to cadets in this like regional fire academy right. and just kind of spread like my little nuggets of what I've learned, my pitfalls as a firefighter that I ran into, what I've learned. Um, I think that kind of helps me maintain my focus outside of like obviously my family, obviously my crew the citizens and my friends that I try to keep that expectation that I'm going to be the best that I can be for them. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. And I know everybody around you feels that and they see it. So thanks again for, uh, thanks again for chatting with me today, man. I'll let you go so you can get back right. to your day off and enjoy your, your four day. Um, Thank we'll, you very much, Ryan. Yeah, no problem, man. We'll connect again soon sometime. Yeah. And if, like I said, is if, if anybody needs to reach out, um, mm-hmm. I think you have my email address. You can put that up on the episode if they're just asking questions. Right on. Um, I'll be at the Mile High Firefighter Conference taking a couple classes there, trying to learn as much as I can. That'll be at the end of September. And then in the middle of November, uh, we have the Copper State Fire Conference in our own backyard at Chandler, right. which has has some a phenomenal training cadre that's coming out to put on hands-on classes that are just passionate and motivated about the the fire service. Right. That's going to be a good time. All right, man. I'll catch you later. Have a good four day. All right. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thanks, bud. Bye. One of the things I really appreciated uh, in this interview and in this conversation was that Adam said that he tries to live his interview. And that's, that's fantastic because so many times we get people who come in and spout off buzzwords and there's no substance to what they're saying and then we find out that their integrity is lacking it's so crucial to live your interview live up to those things that you promised you would do Um, he also brought up a good point how important it is to network and share your knowledge go and travel to these different areas of the state and the country even and learn these new things these new techniques these uh, new technologies that are coming out all of these things that would better arm us and give us a better weapon selection 
to fight the enemy because the enemy has changed and we need to adapt to it. Thank you guys for listening to the Ignited Firefighter podcast. Please subscribe and share. Leave me a rating and a review on iTunes. I appreciate each and every one of you for your support. Please join the Ignited Firefighters Facebook group and you can find me on all social media at IgnitedFF. Thanks again for listening and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be Ignited.